0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle cry.
0: Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk.
1: For the Lord. Gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Andrew. Rest
0: Good morning, morning Edwin. You ready to keep talking about some great word. Psalm 50? That's what we're here to do. Fantastic Psalm 50. You're gonna What are you going to read to us? I've got Psalm 50
1: here from the New King James Version. A Psalm of Asaph. The Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine forth. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before Him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around Him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that He may judge His people. Gather my saints together to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice, Let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak. O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine, and all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving, and pay your vows to the Most High, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked God says, What right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth, seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you? When you saw a thief, you consented with him and have been a partaker with adulterers. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother? You slander your own mother's son? These things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought that I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. This is a psalm that calls for repentance. It does,
0: doesn't it? It calls for repentance. It calls for especially, and it's a surprising
1: call for repentance, at least to the people who are hearing it. I would think. I would think that this original audience would be people who'd come either to Tabernacle or the newly-fashioned temple to worship. First time. And, And they're as
0: we posited yesterday, there is this cry for God to break his silence. This is actually similar to another Psalm of Asaph. In Psalm 83, it begins like this. Psalm 83, verse 1, O God, do not keep silence. Do not hold your peace or be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have raised their heads. They lay crafty plans against your people. They consult together your treasured ones. And on the psalm goes as it talks about the enemies of God and his people that have come against Israel and therefore calling on God to bring judgment upon
1: those nations. Yeah, when God speaks, it is to come and to rectify these evils and protect his people. Here in Psalm 50, there's been this period of
0: silence from God. There's God has not been doing something god has not been speaking and communicating if you will in this sense hmm. and so there's this cry god break your silence mm-hmm. come speak judge and as we pointed out yesterday there's this flavor of because we know you're going to judge all those enemies hmm. it, it's psalm 50 starts in a way that sounds like it's going to go the direction of psalm 83 Yeah, That come, break your silence, bring judgment against those who have been against you, who are going against you. Mm -hmm. And then Psalm 50 becomes, okay, I'm going to come and I'm going to break my silence. But guess who's getting judged? Yeah, it's the people of God. Not Syria, not Edom, not Moab, not Philistia, not Babylon or Assyria or even Egypt. The one that is going to be judged is Israel. The people of God, because you guys, okay, you haven't, you're not in idolatry right now. You're offering your sacrifices. I get it. I'm not going to rebuke you for that. But the reality is you're not keeping my covenant. And the, yeah. the sacrifices that you're offering are not appropriately offered.
1: I can't help but be drawn also to verse 16 and following that it seems like particular issue is taken with people who are being the teachers of the covenant, the teachers of the statutes. He's talking about how, you know, you're trying to declare these things. Well, that was a particular work of Levites and priests, wasn't it? I mean, the fathers were supposed to be involved with that as well, according to Deuteronomy, so that everyone would learn the scripture, but... But, I mean, the Levites and priests were scattered throughout the land, and part of that was to make God's word known, his statutes, his His judgments. And yet he says that though they set themselves up as teachers, they are not living it themselves. They are uh, gossiping, slandering those sins of the tongue, but even being involved with thieves and adulteries. I see false religion, particularly getting taken to task in the judgment of God. I mean, the whole thing's false. You've got sacrifices being, uh, you know, apparently offered appropriately. Maybe we'll talk more about this later. Well, the, the ritual. The, the ritual sacrif- is what I'm saying. The is ritual going correctly. Yeah. But, you know, some of the mistake being maybe you think Yahweh is like some of these other pagan gods that you feel. Feed, yeah. The motivation motivation. is bad. The understanding is off. We're we're trying to appease or somehow in that way uh, feed him and make him healthy, and and then that's not right. God has to remind him who he is. But then even this idea of instructing and trying to teach people to be these things uh, that please God—well, hypocrites are in a poor place to do that. Mm. Okay, and and that is something that comes up again and again in the Scriptures, is that those who are going to be the teachers of the Word of God need to live it first themselves. So we've got,
0: don't talk the talk unless you're going to walk the walk. Yeah. And that's what we've got going on with Israel, which, which to me presents the big principle that I want to grasp in this conversation. And that is, Psalm 50 for me, uh, as one that I've studied before and worked on before, has become a psalm that says okay what so what what about me this was them what yeah. about me we try to do that on
1: fridays uh, well on friday <laughs> we're trying to find
0: jesus that's true but i'm i'm really thinking with personal application can um, i fall into the same traps sure, that these israelites have fallen into and I think it's very easy. These, these Israelites in Psalm 50 are crying out, come Lord, break your silence, because it does not occur to them that when he breaks his silence, they're the ones that are going to be judged. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that they needed to spend more time looking in the mirror and mm-hmm. less time looking in the microscope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and how easy it is to look at everybody else and figure out what everybody else is doing wrong and believing right. that when God comes in judgment, He's going to come bring that judgment upon everybody else, and I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when I think about that, I think there are two applications. There's the application for the Christian, Mm -hmm. you and me, disciples. I, multiple times throughout my years of preaching, I'm... Going to visit someone and talking to them, and they just talk about how awful the world is and wishing that God would come and do something about Mm -hmm. it. And Mm -hmm. boy, I wish I could just leave. And what I've tried to respond is, Well, I'm glad that when God looked at the world, He didn't feel like you did. Rather than saying, I want to leave, He said, You know what? I'm going to come into the world. Yeah, to save. To bring Jesus, to bring salvation. But what we have here is this principle of I spend all my time looking at how awful I think everybody else is, and I think that when God comes in judgment it 's going to be all for them, and i don 't look at me and figure out where where it is going to be for me.
1: Well, we need to talk about that as as you are uh, talk as you're you know making that point it it occurs to me uh how detrimental that is to trying to be that attitude that says, oh, the world's just lost, and nobody cares." Detrimental to an attitude of saying that we need to have compassion for people outside of Christ. We need to be those that are teaching the good news and sharing the good news. We could get discouraged or uh, perhaps just even lax in what we're supposed to be doing and sharing the word with others because, well, they're lost anyway. Nobody wants to know the truth. Mm. And that's a terrible attitude for the people of God to have. Which, again, I need to look at the mirror about my yeah. attitude on that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In uh, the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, the Lord talks about, I think, to your to your mirror analogy, you've got to start with yourself. He talks about people that, you know, unfortunately have a little something in their eye. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. With the measure you measure, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye? And look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Well, in Psalm 50, this business about how, how can you take my covenant in your mouth and my statues in my mouth, but you're doing the robbing and you're doing the adultery and you're doing the gossip, you're doing all of these sins. That's the hypocrisy. And Jesus, of course, in the Sermon on the Mount, he really does lambast the Pharisees and other religious leaders, uh, the scribes and Pharisees. But he says your your righteousness to his disciples, your righteousness must surpass that of the scribes and Pharisees. We've got to do better. We've got to do better on this. So, yeah, I start with myself. I start with myself. Now, I, I, I will have to say Matthew 7 verse 1 seems to be like the only verse— our culture knows in the Bible, (laughs) don't judge. Jesus said, don't judge. Um, You read the rest of the paragraph, and I think it's about a circumspect discernment and eschewing hypocrisy in so much as we can. You know, it's like on the one hand, yeah, I better take the plank out of my eye. On the other hand, I'm really not supposed to let my brother go around with planks and specks in his eyes because that's not helping my brother either well
0: i look in the mirror first (laughs) and i remove the log from my own eye so that i am able to remove the speck from my brother's eye without causing damage yeah so that's the first I, i said earlier there's two applications that come to my mind the first is for the christian the second i think is for the skeptic you and I have talked about this before, as as we look at the world and how awful and terrible the world is at times, and and there are folks who look around and they wonder, why isn't God doing something about that? Right. There's all this evil, there's all this wickedness, there's all this stuff going on, and it's that age-old, if God were good and all-powerful, you know, if, if he's going to let these bad things go on, he's either not good or he's not all-powerful, and and what's here's the thing that's missed— the thing that's missed when people, when the skeptic and the atheist is saying, why doesn't God do something about this now? Well, here's why. Skeptic, atheist is because when God does do something about this, guess who's going to be judged? You are, because you're not looking in the mirror. You're looking all out there. And and we all have this idea that everybody else is much, much worse than us. And and what the skeptic and the atheist needs to recognize is that the reason God is holding off is because when he comes, it will be in judgment right and for christians skeptics atheists alike this business of everybody else is so awful it's not going to be judgment on me that's just not the way it is and so god in 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 maintaining his silence is
1: actually giving us the time to repent and yeah, I was going to say, that's what Peter talks about in Second in, uh, Peter chapter 3, that we are blessed with a long-suffering God and that we should count the long-suffering of our Lord as salvation. And what I find fascinating in Psalm 50 is that when God breaks his
0: silence with Psalm 50, it's not in the immediate judgment that is deserved, it's in the warning that, look, guys, when I do break my silence, it's going to bring judgment. Are mm-hmm. you ready for that? Mm. And so while he's maintaining that silence, he's giving us that time. It actually is his love. It's not his lack of power or lack of goodness. It is his power and goodness that is saying, I've I've let you guys live the way you're going to live and and I am going to do something about this. You better get ready. I need to look in the mirror, not in the
1: microscope. Wherever I am on this. Amen. We're so glad that you've joined us for the conversation today. Um check out our website christiansmeethere.org let's have a word of prayer edwin holy god you are wonderful and awesome we
0: thank you for your patience we thank you for maintaining silence for a time, for giving us the opportunity to repent, for giving us your word that lets us know what's coming, that reminds us of the judgment. And Lord, may we fear you so that our lives may be full of wisdom. And having feared you and revered you, we realize that we do not have to be afraid of you. And therefore, let us look in the mirror that we might remove the logs and the specks from our own eye And then, Lord, that we might have the ability to share with others so that we can help them purify their eyes and their hearts as well so that we might all be with you for eternity. Lord God, thank you for this glimpse into judgment, and may we learn from it. Through your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I, th- I thought I was noticing something was happening over there. <laughs> it was like it was just getting worse and worse.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. You were on a roll. That's
0: okay. <clears throat> you, you good?
1: I think I'm going to make it. We, I mean, we've only got Sorry. like 30 seconds here. We can make here. it, we can do it.